Welcome to Body Sculpt of New York, Six Weeks to Fitness podcast, where we hope to inform, motivate, encourage, and inspire you towards living a healthier lifestyle. And now, here's your host, the president of Body Sculpt of New York, Vince Ferguson. <laughs> Hi, I'm Vince Ferguson. Welcome to Six Weeks of Fitness, episode 180. Thank you so much for watching. Now, Dave Sherwin is a certified fitness and nutrition coach, podcaster, entrepreneur, practitioner of mindfulness and meditation. His passion is helping grown-ups navigate real-world business and life challenges to achieve their best health and wellness at any age. He is also the creator and host of the Nairobi Health Show, which covers everything to do with health and wellness, including the latest in nutrition, exercise, supplements, and clinical studies. Dave has used hard work, nutrition, supplementation, and science to obtain a high level of fitness in his own life. Since 2009, his company has helped over 100,000 people lose weight, and he has gained tremendous insight into the challenges and joys of long-term weight loss. And today on my Six Weeks of Fitness podcast to talk about how to achieve long-term weight loss is Dave Sherwin. Dave, how are you today? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me on the show. Man, thank you for coming. I got some great questions and I know you have all the answers, man. <laughs> so, so let's do this. But before we talk about how to achieve long-term weight loss, tell my listeners about your journey into health and how you got into the fitness and weight loss space. Yeah, I've always loved health and fitness ever since I was a kid. I was a, a pretty kind of a backwards kid, really. I didn't have many friends. I was really shy. I was really embarrassed if I did anything or said anything wrong in front of the group. You know, I was one of those kids that kind of kept to myself. And um, one day, though, in like seventh grade, maybe sixth grade, other kids were trying to dunk a small ball, maybe a, a soft ball on a low hoop, you know, the elementary school, like a seven foot hoop, right? And they couldn't do it. I was a little taller and I could dunk the ball. Right. And so that was like my first experience that I can re recall in my life where I could do something that seemed kind of exceptional. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, that was kind of transformative to me. And then I took an interest in being on sports teams and I eventually went out to play high school basketball and I never really got that great or anything like that, but through athletics and learning about fitness and coaches telling us how to eat and everything. I got really interested and I, I, I just established kind of a baseline as a teenager of wanting to be fit, feeling good when I was fit, understanding what happens when you put hours and weeks and months into a program of some sort. I did jump training. I did strength training and I found all those things really fulfilling. And eventually it led to me opening, opening a dietary supplement business in 2009. So you never really had a weight issue. I did not have a weight issue, although I had and still have a minor eating disorder, I believe. I, I'm the type who will binge eat. You know how they say that the average person on a cruise gains five pounds? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've gained 11. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, you like to eat. <laughs> I like to eat. I got a sweet tooth. And so my personal journey is a struggle 
for balance, you know, and being careful that I don't just go crazy, you know, little things like if I'm at a party and there's, there's food out in bowls, I've learned that I can't stand there and eat at the table. I got to portion out what I'm going to eat or, or, or I can mindlessly just eat way too much junk. So that's kind of my personal internal uh, struggle. Uh, But because of this introduction to fitness through exercise, strength training, basketball, et cetera, I've always loved to exercise. And I think that has become what's helped me to stay healthy my whole life. I, I think if I didn't love exercise, I'd be a lot worse off. And so that's really saved me. Yeah, but I also understand that even at the age of 47, right, you were qualified and competed in the triathlon Olympic distance national championship, if I'm right. And also yeah. at the age of 52, you set a personal best record of deadlifting 405 pounds, something I wouldn't even dare to do these days. <laughs> but you, you did that. Now, what do you attribute all that energy and strength to? Well, one of the things I found out about myself, when, when I was about 30, I started to pay less attention to my health and fitness. And I had started a business at that time, and I had a family, and I had all the distractions that probably everyone listening to me can understand and has been through themselves, right? And I started skipping workouts. I started being less careful about what I ate. And I was, at, and I was actually listening to a business training by the late Jim Rohn. The, he used to be, you're familiar with Jim Rohn? Very much familiar with Jim. And he was talking, yeah, yeah. And I love Jim. And he was talking about the power of questions. And he said, now here's a powerful question. How many pounds overweight should you be when you turn 50? Hmm. And the light bulb went on. He asked that question at the right time in my life when I was letting my health and fitness slide. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was about 30. And I thought, when I'm 50, I want to be a beast. I want to be a physical specimen. <laughs> I, I don't want to be overweight and on drugs and worried about high uh, blood pressure and, and all the problems that a lot of people have right now, multiple medications, maybe your first heart attack by the time you're at 50. And that one question helped me course correct from possibly going down a really bad health path and put me back on track. I started setting goals again. I started doing events. I started getting ready for a, a, a 5k and then a triathlon and then a half marathon, a marathon, Spartan beast. I, I w- always had some event in mind. Yeah. I, I just started, I like pick an event and I train for an event. And, and that's another thing um, I've found out for myself is I, I'm happy to just go exercise. I enjoy exercise. If I wake up, I exercise, I enjoy it. Mm. But when I'm training for something, it's different. If I got a goal, I want to break 400 pounds on the deadlift. I want to break uh, four hours in a marathon. I want to break four hours in a Spartan beast. I want to do a 5K in under 20 minutes. Those are all goals I've had. And some of them have taken me years uh, to accomplish. But uh, you see that, you know, the difference between just hitting the gym or training for a goal are two different things. Hmm. So you're goal-oriented. I'm goal-oriented, and I find that, I'm on a higher level if there's a, an objective I'm shooting for, even if it's not a race. Like, for example, right now, I've got a rowing machine. I've got a Concept D rowing machine like you see in a lot of the gyms and whatnot. Uh, 
And uh, I have a goal right now to break seven minutes for the 2000 meter row. 2000 meters is the Olympic distance row, wow. right? Wow. Yes. And I listened to this uh, uh, interview with uh, Hugh Jackman on the Tim Ferriss show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and Tim said, how do you stay so ripped as an older guy? You know, you're, you're, you're uh, Wolverine, you're yeah. always ripped, but you're, but you're working, you know, 18 hour Hollywood days. Right. How do you stay ripped? He's like, the rowing machine. Huh. He's like, I row, and the only thing you don't get is your pecs. So I do push-ups. He goes, if I, you give me a rowing machine and a floor where I can do push-ups and I can be ripped. And I thought, okay. And he, and he said, yes. if you can break seven minutes in a 2000, you're in world-class shape. I thought, cool, that's my next goal. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just like that. Just like that. <laughs> that was just the spark I needed. Yo, you mentioned the Spartan, the Spartan race. Now, I had the CEO yeah. from Sparta, um, Joe Cena, on my show. Oh, he cool. Said, he said, look, if you can do that, it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you've got to be conditioned to do that type of uh, obstacle courses and races. He talked so highly about that. He talked about the mindset, the importance of believing in yourself, but you've got to get off the couch and do it. <laughs> yeah, that, that, the Spartan races, they are no joke. Like no. you, you, you cannot show up without your highest A game. I mean, the first thing they did to us at the Spartan Beast at Soldier Hollow, the Olympic uh, cross-country course, right. was have us run up the mountain. Now, I'm not talking about the, the zigzag way that's kind of easier. I'm yes. talking you had to go straight up the face, half a mile, and that's the beginning of your 13-mile journey with 26 obstacles, right? Oh and people were... People were thrown up by the side of the, the trail half halfway up. Yes, I believe it. I was going, <laughs> oh, whoa, really? Going steep up the hill. Steep, straight up. And it was probably a 1,500 foot climb. And many people were not even ready for that. And that was just the warm up, right? That was the warm up. <laughs> that was the warm up. You, after that, you had 13 miles to go with 26 serious obstacles, every single one of them very difficult unbelievable it's a it's, cool challenge yes it's cool man but like you said not for the faint of heart you've got to no <laughs> you got to train at least a year i think if you're in good shape you'd want to train about a year before you at least to do well like to just to cross the finish line you got to be in good shape if you want to do well you got to be strong you got to be able to jump you got to be able to pull things you got to be able to lift things you got to be able to run 13 miles yes right yes. and so it, it it's a bucket list item. Like I, that's that that medal hangs proudly in my office. That's it's, it's uh, that it does. I bet it's it does. cool. I heard somewhere where you said that uh, fifty is a new thirty. Yeah, <laughs> you believe <Heck> yeah. that? <laughs> I How believe that? that. Yes. You know, I, I'm more fit now than I was when I was thirty. Amazing, really. What do you attribute yeah. that to? Why is that? Uh, consistency. Consistency. As I get older, and I'm sure this is true for everyone else, you can't stop. It's better to back off a little, but not to stop. As a matter of fact, what I've done, I've made one shift. I used to work out three, four times a day, a week, sorry, uh, with some heavy training, some moderate training, some easy training, but three, four times a week. And, um, and, and that would do, I do well. I could, I could reach my goals and, and do okay uh, at that. But what I found is I get older, 
I got to do more mobility. I've got to do more stretching. I got to do more yoga type of stuff, mm. uh, more recovery, yes. intentional recovery. And so my overall week may not be as hard or heavy or as taxing, mm. but I find that I got to hit it every day because at 55 now, you know, some days I wake up and, and I'm starting to creak out of bed, you know? Uh, <laughs> and so, you yeah. know, I got to combat that. It's that joint stiffness. And it's the, when you have a hard workout, I used to, you know, at 25, you know, you have a hard workout yesterday, you're fine today. Oh, yes. Right. And, and so those days are gone now. So, so for me, I, I adjust into uh, lighter work, but every day, I don't miss a day. You don't miss a day. I don't miss a day. Do something every day. I'm traveling right now. Uh, you're, you're, the background you're seeing here is an Airbnb in North Bend, Washington. I'm visiting my sister. Um, and, uh, and anyways, uh, uh, I've got a, a kettlebell. I've got a, a, a band. Right. And I've got a clamshell. Um, you know, uh, the, the little um, clamshell exercise thing you can put around your ankles and walk. Uh, yes. to work the, the, the hips and whatnot. Yes. And, and I'm telling you with just a kettlebell uh, and in a small area where I can do also some push-ups and stuff, I can get a terrific workout just with that. Wow. So there's no excuses. No excuses. There's no excuses. And you know what? I, again, I, I think I'm lucky because of, I, I enjoy it. it. I don't have to psych myself up. Okay. I feel bad if I don't. Yes. Yes. Psychologically. Definitely. Yeah. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Now, we want to talk now because you have helped 100,000 people with weight loss. And that's a major issue today with obesity, especially with the pandemic, the quarantine 15. So many people gained weight during this pandemic. So weight loss is a major issue. What does clinical research say about weight loss? You know, how, do, how, can, we, how can we lose weight and keep it off? Well, clinical research, uh, when you really break it down, it, it states that it's really a caloric problem. I mean, in the end, Keiko, right? Calories in, calories out. Those are the laws of thermodynamics. Like when it comes to energy, we can't get around them. And many diets try to do that. They try to convince people, hey, you can still eat the junk, but you, you can lose weight if you follow this program. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not an all or nothing coach. I don't believe anyone should go without a treat. Now we used to call them cheat foods, but I don't like the word cheat. I tell people don't, don't even think of them as a cheat foods. It's a perfectly normal human experience to have a treat. The problem is we have too many treats. You can't have treats all day long. And depending on how intense your goals are, like for, for me, if I'm in a serious training mode, I don't have one or one or more than one or two treats a week, maybe a bowl of ice cream or, you know, some cake at a party or something like that. So if you really want to be lean, okay, if, you got, if, you're, if you're a guy and you want to be, say, 10% or better body fat, or you're a, a female, you want to be 14% or so uh, body fat, you can hardly have any junk. I mean, it has got to be very, very clean. Now, for most people, that's not what they want. They just want to be at their ideal body weight and have strength and flexibility and be able to accomplish the normal activities of their day and be happy when they look in the mirror, you know? Yes. And so... And so it totally depends on your goals. So um, first, so that would be number one. Don't ignore calories in, calories out, okay? Um, one of the clinical research, some of the clinical research is ignored. 
There's been a massive study in Australia and another one done in the United States on rapid weight loss. And I talk about this a lot. Normal weight loss is considered to be two pounds per week, right? Two pounds a week is very safe, very attainable. But guess what? It's highly unlikely that the person setting out on a journey to lose 60 pounds will lose the 60 pounds at two pounds a week. It's 30 weeks. Mm -hmm. But the fact is many people, they lose their motivation before they hit it. Now, these two large studies I'm referring to found that when people tried to lose weight more quickly, like four to five pounds a week, they were more likely to hit their goal and they're also more likely to keep the weight off, which is not talked about. Mm. A lot of people don't talk about this, but I have found that to be the case. I found it the case when, just like I was saying about an event, when a person has a good goal, something that excites them, something that's motivating, they can lose weight a little quicker and it's more fun to see the scale move and they're more likely to hit the goal. So I'd say for many people, they ought to be a little bit more aggressive. I'm not talking extreme, but I'm saying shoot for more than two pounds a week so that you have that satisfaction and so that you we're human. Okay. As human beings, we naturally go through levels of high motivation followed by low motivation being on our game for six weeks, followed by having some difficult thing in our life that causes us to get off the rails. Those are normal experiences. We shouldn't expect that the future should be any different than the past. We're all going to have challenges. We're all going to have disruptions. We're all going to have uh, difficult things to deal with. And so when we're at our peak and we're feeling really good, like I can do this, I'm going to lose that 60 pounds. We should get after it. We should go hard after it. That's my advice. All right. So basically, you're saying that not to try to go slow and steady, and slow and steady wins, wins the race, but go hard and be consistent. I'm saying it's two phases. Phase one, set your goal, decide what your weight loss goal is going to be, and be aggressive. Now, during the aggressive weight loss phase, I teach people what I call the Dairobi undiet. Okay. Undiet. The undiet. The undiet is the reason it's an undiet is you don't have to count calories. You don't weigh food. You don't do any of the traditional dietary stuff. You don't restrict carbs. You don't, you know, there there are no rules like that. Instead, there are lifestyle guidelines uh, like drink plenty of water, half your body weight in ounces per day. And during weight loss phase, nothing else. Don't drink any calories. Um, we teach people to eat all their, their food very slowly and mindfully. The portions we teach to eat are very simple. Healthy carbs, healthy fats, and healthy proteins on every plate, every time, only eating two to three times a day maximum. Oh, really? And all within an eating window, 10 hours for women, eight hours for men. Intermittent really? fasting. Intermittent fasting. But not, but not shorter than that. And, and th- that would take us another hour to talk about why. But during the weight loss phase, especially for those who aren't used to intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. um, the difference in hours is hormonal cycles. Men are on a 24-hour hormonal cycle, day in, day out in their entire life. Every 24 hours, the hormonal cycle repeats over and over. Women are on a 28 to 31-day hormonal cycle. And all the intermittent fasting studies that were done were on men originally. Really? Huh. They finally started doing it on women and they found that shorter than 10 hours 
can disrupt hormonal cycles. Now for the women listening, this is well worth researching because it depends on a lot of things. Are you in childbearing years? What are your goals? How much, how active are you? There's a lot that goes into making that decision, but you can hardly go wrong by limiting all your food intake to a 10 hour window. And the reason for that is because it eliminates a lot of snacking and unhealthy eating. For example, if you stop eating after 6 p.m. every night, for many people, that would change their life. That one thing. Huh. Really? Uh, on many levels, yes. Because a lot Healthy of people eat late, later than they that. They eat late. And get, guess what? No one craves at 9 o'clock at night. A salad. <laughs> True. <laughs> Nobody wants a salad. No one wants broccoli. No one wants steamed vegetables. What they want is junk food. Ice cream, sweets. Yes fatty foods. That's what we, we tend to crave, you see. Yes. And so corollary to that, we have a massive sleeping disorder in the country. And if you're not sleeping, you can't lose weight very well because your hormones are disrupted. You're not digesting your food. You're not getting all the nutrients that you need. So what happens is we create what I call a virtuous circle. As a matter of fact, those of you interested in this, uh, you can go to my website, dirobi.com. There's a free PDF called the virtuous circle. We have the, uh, on the resources page, and I'd advise you to click on that, download it, print it, put it on your fridge. Hmm. And it shows a circle of 24 hours and the steps you can follow in that 24 hours, how to eat, when to exercise, all, all these things. And they're all the principles of the undiet lived out over a 24 hour period. Now, the reason that's important is because if people go on a diet and even if they hit their goal, they often don't know what to do next because the diet isn't something they can do long-term and half the time they don't even like it. Yes, true. true. And so it tends to lead to yo-yo dieting because they go back to what they did before. Exactly. By living the principles of the undiet, which include drinking water and other things, drinking or eating healthy fats, carbs, and protein, taking the right supplements, getting seven to nine hours of sleep, exercising every day, even if it's minimal. Mm -hmm. By doing all of these things, we're training the person in the new regimen they need to keep the weight off when they're done. Ah, very good. Very good. And again, you want them to do something every day. So they don't every have to go day. hard every day. They can do, they can walk 30 minutes a day. As well. Correct. Correct. Personally, again, I'm 55. Uh, my current regimen, I only do one really hard week a day. One hard, one hard, one, one, one heavy, heavy day, a really hard work. In the week, really? In the week. Other than that, I do about three moderate intensity and the rest are like either yoga or just simple um, mobility training. Well, that means, it's, that means it's doable. If you can do that and maintain a healthy weight, so can the rest of us, you know? That's what yeah, I mean. everyone really can. You know, it's just, the fact is our society is so screwed up. I mean, we, we just live in a society that's bass backwards in so many ways, right? Yes, we, we do. We, we rush around and at the end of the day, we look back and what did we really accomplish? How many hours of truly productive time did you spend at your job, really? <laughs> how many hours did you spend on Netflix? How many hours on social media? Uh, how many hours really being mindful of every single activity uh, that, that we do? We're all guilty of this. We tend to waste time. And, and I, I just don't believe people, uh, there's very few, let's put this there's very few people who really don't have time in a day to exercise or to have a healthy lifestyle. I, and if they do, you know, they can change. 
exactly. How important is it to you? Exactly. I, I agree. Yeah. Now the yeah. holidays, the holidays are coming then. And it's yeah. going to be the hardest time for people to kind of think about dieting or eating healthy, you know, exercise because of the social activities or the food that's available. What recommendation do you give to people who wants to maintain a healthy lifestyle even during the holiday season? Oh, great point. As a matter of fact, I have a piece of content I created uh, really? again on our website. If you search the blog, uh, we have the top 10 tips to keep weight off during the holidays. And we publish this to our followers just before Thanksgiving every single year. We've done it for six years in a row. Mm -hmm. and, um, and there's some really great tips there you can follow. And some of them are quite simple. Like for example, if you eat an apple before you head out to that, that meal that you know is gonna be real unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> do you know that one thing can make a big difference? You arrive kind of full. And, because it's and, really. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. The fiber in the apple. Because of the fiber and the way an apple is, it's a good healthy food, but it makes you feel kind of full. Yes. Um, another one is the one I mentioned earlier. Do not eat from the bowls or the bags. When someone passes, you know, many times when you're at a party or with family, a Thanksgiving dinner, whatever, there's often small plates out that you can put treats on. Again, I'm not against treats. The problem is you can down a thousand or 2000 calories in a hurry without even realizing you did it. So what you got to do is, is limit it. You got to make those treats small. Now, this is why we also teach people to eat everything slowly and mindfully because even a treat should be enjoyed slowly and mindfully. Yes. Now, I don't know if you've, have you seen that TED talk by Jess, Judson Brewer? Oh, no, what did he say? No, I didn't see that. It, one. It's one on addiction and it's highly, very interesting. Now, what he said was he has had people quit smoking by teaching them to smoke a cigarette incredibly slowly with complete mindfulness. Really? They've had people, not everybody, but some people they have smoked mindlessly for years. They want to quit smoking, but they just do it over and over and over, one after another, you know, 20 a day, 40 a day, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He has them sit down and says, look, here's what we're going to do. You're going to smoke a cigarette and you're going to smoke it. You're not going to think of anything else. We're removing your phone. If your thoughts get distracted from the cigarette, I want you to come right back to it. I want you to think about the smell. I want you to think about the feel of it. I want you to think about the heat the entire experience, what it feels like. I want you to taste it. I want you to feel it in your lungs. I want you to mindfully smoke the cigarette a hundred percent. Guess what? Partway through the woman goes, Oh, this tastes like chemical. Really? Really? She, she can't do it. She can't finish something that she's been finishing every day for years. Yes. When she does it a hundred percent mindfully. What? I never heard of that study. That's the TED talk. The TED talk is by Judson Brewer. I think it's called "How to Overcome Bad Habits." Judson with a D, J U D is in dog, S O N. Justin. Yeah. Yes, and and that is and that is true for both positive and negative. For example, when we eat healthy foods very, very slowly and really enjoy them, what we what we suddenly discover is our body is naturally attuned to these flavors, and we 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 do like them. Yes. Yes. And some of the treats that we really enjoy. I had a lady lose 40 pounds in a month. Okay. 40 pounds in a month. One month. 
I don't recommend that. This is on her. I didn't encourage her to do it. What happened? Just, what happened was she went nuts. She, she did a very low calorie diet. She walked every morning. She only ate healthy food and the weight just dropped off. Now that doesn't happen for very many people, but it did for her. And she thought to herself, when I'm done, I love Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> when I'm done, I'm going to buy myself a box of Reese's peanut butter cups, the mm. little package. I mean, yes. And, I, and they're going to taste so good. So 30 days later, she'd lost all this weight so fast. Right. And we taught her eat everything very, very slow. So she takes her, Reese says, like, I get to enjoy this so slow. <laughs> yes. And she took a bite and she started to chew and she spat it out. Really? She lost Didn't taste shot. good. Didn't taste good. Her it, taste it, buds changed. Her taste right? buds changed. She was eating real food before. Yeah. You know, the Reese's peanut butter cup is not real food. <laughs> no. Unbelievable. Uh-huh. Amazing. Amazing. Now, some of this, some of these studies are on your website. Some of this information. Yeah, yeah, they are the rap the, the rapid weight loss studies we've done. Uh, I think the I think the the piece on our blog is called Rapid versus um, Slow Weight Loss. I think if you just Google that, you'll find the piece we wrote on it, and it has references to the studies that I mentioned. Hmm. Well, just changing the way you eat, the the the, the, the tempo in which you eat. Okay, eating slowly. Now, I'm in New York, and everything in New York is like now. Got to do it. Gotta, yes. Got a meeting. Got this going on. I got a meeting at two o'clock. I got stuff to do, so I'm gonna gobble something down so I can be ready for that meeting. That's the worst thing you we could do. The worst thing we can do. What happens is <laughs> starches and carbs, especially, need us to chew very slowly because the enzymes in our mouth work into those starches and carbs to prep the food before it gets to our stomach. When it gets to our stomach, our stomach is not a hole. It's not like a cavity that just everything drops into and the stomach acid just eats it up. The stomach has folds. And as the food comes down, fully chewed, it should be chewed to the consistency of applesauce. Then it goes into the stomach and the stomach is trying to work it through these folds. And it does that kind of slowly. Meantime, there's hormones in our stomach that signal to the brain that we're full and they're not perfect. As a matter of fact, there's a few systems in our body that don't work perfectly. And one of them is the hormones that trigger to the brain to stop eating. They're about 20 minutes behind. Right, yes, I've heard of that, yes. And so what happens is when we eat very, very slowly, multiple things happen. First of all, we digest the food better. The enzymes get worked into it properly from the mouth all the way down the digestive tract. We get all the nutrients out of the food. The next thing that happens is we eat less naturally. Studies have shown people eat 20% less on average hmm. when they eat slowly Yes, huh. because they're giving the system a chance to work properly. So you're eating less food. Yes. That's then they're awesome. getting the, the benefit of the food. Then they're hopefully drinking water and not other things. So they're, right. you know, they're, they're hydrated. The cells have the hydration to function at their best level. Yes. and elimination, right? We often don't talk about elimination, but elimination should be happening every day properly at the right times. And you should, they should feel okay. They shouldn't be painful and they right. shouldn't be too infrequent. And we should be eliminating all the junk, right? So this right. inflow, outflow, the whole process and extracting everything, Amazing. We, we don't support it. And, and eating too quickly is one of the ways we don't support it. Wow, that to me sounds like just taking those steps alone will make a tremendous difference for the majority of people. Because how many of us oh. eat slowly? You're right, and drink enough water. That's amazing. 
That's yeah. awesome. Now, in my newsletter that I send out, I'm going to, can I use some of that information, the, the 10 steps that you list? Everything. Oh, I, I'm going to put that hey, in my newsletter. The whole goal, the whole reason I'm here and you're here, let's face it. I don't make any money doing this. I don't know about you. I have a podcast. And it doesn't make me any money. Right. Yeah. I do it because I like it. I you do it because I want to share these ideas. I want you to take all my ideas and share them with the world. Let's let's make the world healthier. I, I agree 110% there. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I can talk to you longer, but you're busy and I got a, a certain time constraint as well. But can you tell my listeners how they can find out more about you, my, my viewers, more about you, about the Roby, all that good information? Yeah, fan, uh, fantastic. Thank you. Um, the, the weight loss supplement we have is called Pounds and Inches Drops. Pounds uh, and Inches Drops. Pounds and Inches Drops. It's a fantastic supplement. Uh, it not only helps people lose weight, but it helps them lower their cholesterol. It manages blood sugar and also keeps energy up during the dietary phase. So that's a product I'd love for people to look at. Um, Dirobi is D-I-R-O-B-I.com. In addition, we have a, a phenomenal multivitamin. Uh, we've got minerals. We've got a, a variety of great products there. We also have a lot of really great free information. Like I mentioned, when you get to Dirobi.com, if you click on resources, there's several really good resources you can download. The Dirobi Undiet book is free. Uh, it's just 10 pages and has all the details on what we just uh, uh, talked about. Um, so yeah, dirobi.com. And then I have a podcast like you. As a matter of fact, interestingly enough, I think I'm on episode 182. <laughs> what, oh, are you, <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I'm right, right about there. <laughs> That's awesome, Dave. Man, I yeah. tell you, it's been really a pleasure having you. And I have, again, some of the other questions I could ask because I know my listeners and viewers are going to be very interested in this show and what we have, to, what you're talking about. But... We'll have to save it for another time, Dave. Let's do it another ah, time. I would love that, man. So Dave Sherwin, on behalf of Body Scope of New York, it's my nonprofit, and Six Weeks of Fitness, I truly want to thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you. It's been awesome, and you've been a great host. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, man, it's a pleasure. And to my viewers and listeners, I hope this program was informative, inspiring, and encouraging, and that you will continue tuning in to our Six Weeks of Fitness podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for the show, please leave them on my website at www.sixweeksoffitness.com or email me at vents at sixweeks.com. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future podcasts. And remember, we don't stop exercising because we grow old. We grow old because we stop exercising.